It's concert season, and concert season is all about the boots. Already, Oxford and Ole Miss have seen Morgan Wallen lighted up at Vaught-Hemingway Stadium. Ole Miss football star and Talk of Champions podcaster Jared Ivey bemoaned how his boots were lacking. He should have gone with Tecovis, the only stop for the Ole Miss fan and the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings for the spring and summer, including timeless, always-on-trend styles in men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. Stop by your local Tecovis store and have a complimentary drink or two on the house while you shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and a friendly staff are at your service, and many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it to a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots as well as free returns and exchanges and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. All we can be sure of is this. Zach Berry and Grayson Weir are hashtag not committed. I love a good train wreck. Hey, hey, what up? This is Not Committed. I'm your host, Zach Barry. Joining me, as always, Grayson Weir. Grayson, good morning. How are we doing? Spirits are high. I keep saying it. We get closer and closer every week to football season, and, and we had the Hall of Fame game Thursday. We've got preseason coming up, fall camps underway. We're here. We made it. We're in it. Weather's nice. Life is good. Cannot complain. How are you? Good. Um, as we were discussing before we started, um, I have never had one until uh, moving into my second home here in Nashville. But basements, I'm a huge fan of them. I'm in my basement right now in my uh, office. Um, you know, we've got the big entertainment area, which is where I will be every Saturday. Um, I, I guess starting later this month um up until january when the national championship game is over but uh we love it down here and um like i always say grayson basements are really awesome until it rains a lot and then you get some water in it um now as i told you we were very fortunate no flooding just a little bit of water so i had to unplug some uh some electrical stuff in here had to uh, move my rug outside to dry out but um but yeah so it was uh you know it was kind of one of those you know i had to call an audible um if you know if lane kiffin was down here during the uh rainstorm he would have done a you know would have whistled a couple times and maybe done some hand signals to uh to you know do something on the fly to make an adjustment but uh we're, we're good um the coach's poll was released. I guess that's, you know, kind of the official start of a football season. I know that people love media days, but, you know, talking season is, is just talking season. But the uh, preseason coaches poll is out. Uh, Ole Miss 24th in the rankings. I think that's pretty fair, all things considered. Um, lost a lot from a 10-3 and three team a year ago, but still some pieces via the portal and returning production that I think warrants a 24th ranking in the preseason. I think that's fine. Yeah, I, I, I completely agree. And I, I think 24 is fair. Um, I am always of the belief that being ranked 24th, 25th, or even outside of the top of the 25 to start the year is a good thing because um, then you can work your way up and you don't have the 
week in, week out pressure. But 24 is is probably about right. They should be ranked in the top mm-hmm. 25, but they shouldn't be, you know, top 10, top 15. I thought the funniest part, um, Texas received one first place vote, singular. And I saw some theories out there on Twitter, of course. Um, people were saying where, where, where you get all your news. Everything. Everything um, there is true. There are no lies told on Twitter. Or the internet in general, of course. Um, yeah, of course, of course. But everyone was saying that it was Nick Saban who gave uh, Texas the only first place vote to keep his team motivated come week two or three or whenever they <laughs> play each other, which is pretty funny. <laughs> yeah, I wonder, I, I mean, do we think it was Sark? I, it could have been. Can you vote for your own team? Because if it was, well, it I don't, okay, was I don't Sark. know. I don't know. Maybe you can't. I did see someone say that it was Kiffin just trolling Sark. That's pretty funny too. I, uh, I saw, yeah, I hadn't seen Kiffin. I saw a lot of Saban talk to okay. give, give his team the bulletin board material, but that <laughs> imagine it being Kiffin is actually way funnier. So I'm going to choose yeah. to do that. Speaking of bulletin board material, Juice uh, Kiffin put out some bulletin board material. He was reprimanded for that. Uh, Kiffin mentioned that in his uh, presser last week after Paul Camp when uh, Juice tweeted out making a joke about uh, Malik Keith dealing with the. Uh, you know, just some, you know, your basic fall camp, you know, dealing with the heat, a little, you know, maybe a little cramp here or there. And, and, and Juice uh, uh, made a joke about how, um, you know, different uh, different dogs are uh, trained a different way. You know, no no, no bulldog training anymore. So, um, so yeah, Kiffin was not happy with the bulletin board material that, that Juice put out there. But, um, but who but nevertheless, tweeted it then? <laughs> if he's not happy I, about it, I, who is running this account? Who can say? I I really don't know. Um, but so uh, yeah, I mean, I, people think it's Lane Kiffin. I don't know if it is. I, I still don't think it is. Well, I, but, if he tweeted that thing about Malik Heath, I don't think it is because <laughs> that that was very bold from whoever posted it to post a picture of Malik, you know, struggling on the sidelines, which we've heard Malik has had a little bit of conditioning issues, but more so Michael Trigg. Um, struggling with the heat, but it's just freaking hot. Like you can't blame them. It's not that they're not in shape. It's not that it didn't show up to fall camp, you know, like Leonard Fournette showed up to mini camp. Like these guys are just dealing with absurd heat in Mississippi right now. One of the hottest summers we've had in history. Like it's just hot. So all the people freaking out about that, relax. They'll be fine. Especially if the weather's cool. But then whoever tweeted that from Juice's account, that was a bold move. So if that yeah. was lame, that was really bold. But then I, you know, I was of the the theory that it was Landry because uh, she's now in Oxford, going to Oxford High School. She's the only one of the three, I believe, uh, that are going to school in Oxford. So I figured it was, you know, her because she's always around the team and stuff. But then for her to tweet that is even more bold. So I, I that one threw me for a loop because now all my theories are out the window. Posting a picture of your own player struggling with some conditioning issues and taking a shot at your in-state rival. It was a bold tweet, so I, I don't know who behind, was behind that. I'm pretty sure is I, – I believe Knox is also in school. Oh, is he? He's in Oxford I, now? I think so. So then Presley's so. the only one out west, too. That makes sense. I, I guess. Um, I don't know. We'll, yeah, we'll, I don't we'll, we'll have to do some digging. <laughs> we'll check in on that. We'll get back to you. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Kevin did say that Malik Keith actually did bounce back nicely that day, had a touchdown catch. Um, he's actually been a part of the buzz of fall camp, making some plays. Uh, they really need him to be a factor in that wide receiver room. Um, which I'm sure if you've listened to, uh, talk of champions, Ben has discussed fall camp at length. Uh, Chuck has also done it on Rebel Yo hotline. Check those out part of the Ole Miss Spirit Podcast Network, part of on3.com. Um, but all right, let's 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 get into some recruiting stuff. Not a lot going on, I, I guess, directly related to Ole Miss, but uh, there was some recruiting news, and I guess this is now lumped into recruiting um, with NIL. Uh, the uh, Boulevard Collective, a, a new NIL collective that is uh, part of the SMU program, um, is now uh, bucking its head. Um, sources told on three, I believe it was on Monday. Yep. Um, that Boulevard Collective 
is set to pay players on both the football and basketball teams $36,000 a year. Uh, that's a total payout of $3.5 million annually um, for both programs. Um, this compensation is unprecedented in college athletics. The Matador Club, uh, Texas Tech's collective, um, they uh, released uh, their plans last month to pay each football player $25,000 a year. Um, but this is uh, – this is. I think this is pretty newsworthy that not only is Boulevard Collective paying more than $10,000 more, um, but also a group of five program is now entering into the NIL space, um, which is yet another thing for Ole Miss to combat. You know, Ole Miss recruits the state of Texas heavily, and now SMU, who, you know, was a football power, all things considered, in the early 80s. Um, we obviously know about everything that happened with Craig James and, and Eric Dickerson and the Pony Express. Um, but now SMU has uh, entered the chat, as you, uh, as as the kids would say. Um, I guess this is being um, spearheaded by Dallas business leaders and SMU alum Chris Kleiner, who's the CEO of Hunt Realty Investments, and Kyle Miller the president and CEO of Silver Hill Energy Partner. Um, so they uh, joined the likes of uh, Spire Sports, which is Tennessee's NIL collective, and The Fund, which is Texas A&M's um, NIL collective. So um, they have positioned themselves nicely to uh, benefit from the wealth and the network of alumni in the Metroplex. Um, so this is, um, as on three said, one of the most ambitious collectives in the country now. So, what were your I, I, initial thoughts when the uh, news came out on Monday? So my initial thought um, was, wow, you know, this, I actually think it's really cool. I'm, I have a soft spot um, in my heart for SMU. I don't really have any ties there. I guess one of my cousins went, I almost, I almost went to SMU myself. It was one of my like 19 schools that I considered or whatever, but I think it's really great. I think it's great for football. I think it puts the, the pressure on other programs to step up. I don't think it's necessarily, um, you know, a good thing speaking as an Ole Miss, you know, from an Ole Miss standpoint, because now, um, you know, you know, these numbers that are huge coming out of a group of five program, imagine what, how other power five programs are either going to, or are already paying out behind the scenes. Um, but what's crazy to me is that they're, this Boulevard Collective is paying out $3.5 million. That doesn't include the additional million from Eric, uh, Eric Dickerson's collective and, and his, I think they're calling it a foundation rather than a collective, but we'll call it collective for all intents and purposes here. So really SMU is paying out $4.5 million um, across the roster each and every year, which is a very significant number um obviously when you put it in context to kind of some of the other stuff that we know is going on like the eight million dollar man that's likely going to knoxville uh jaden rashada's number was pretty huge at least reportedly allegedly um so well, really well and then you know news broke yesterday that um you know arch manning turned down 15 million from Ole miss yeah, yeah. <laughs> um okay message board um, I love, I love where, like, where do these people get these things? The best, um, the best part of that post was, um, I think it was on, was it Tex Ags? Yeah. The two, four, seven message board, um, in the post where the guy was saying that, um, he had heard that Peyton Manning offered to pay the 15 million. So Arch wouldn't go to Ole Miss because Peyton hates Lane Kiffin. Um, and then was throwing out figures from all the other schools that Arch turned down to go to Texas. And then before he was even done with the post, he immediately started walking it back, you know, saying like, well, you know, this is just what I was told. Like, I, I don't know if this is true, but, uh, but I'm just going to put it on a message board anyway. Yes, that's, that is the world of college football. And if you don't like it, then leave because it is so electric. But that's a, that raises a good point, and this is kind of a segue here. I I brought this to light the other day. We're talking about SMU's collective, you know, three point five million plus the additional million from uh, Eric Dickerson's foundation fund, whatever you want to call it. And that's and that's Pony Sports DTX. I think so. I yeah, because that's, that's 
Yeah, because that was the first collective that yes. SMU had. Yeah, yeah, because I see it here. They've already, it says, already executed $1 million worth in deals. Yeah, so then, so they're paying out 4.5 um, publicly. We don't know what other schools are doing. How does this relate to Ole Miss? Um, Ole Miss boosters, if y'all are listening, you now have to compete with a group of five school. Um, like, you just, it's just a matter of fact where SMU is paying out a ton of money. I think SMU eventually joins the Big 12. But what I thought was interesting is I was kind of reading into this last week before even the news was announced. Uh, I was kind of going into the the depth of Eric Dickerson. There's a really good piece Chris Vanini did on uh, The Athletic, and it basically dives into, like, how should we remember the Pony Express now in the NIL era? Um, and Eric Dickerson kind of shares his thoughts on NIL and all of that and the death penalty and and all that stuff. It's really interesting. Um, and it ties, you know, right into this 3.5 million because now SMU is getting involved. But I was reminded that Texas A&M, um, Eric Dickerson obviously did not go to Texas A&M. He went to SMU. Uh, but Texas A&M football boosters offered Eric Dickerson a brand new Trans Am, $50,000 in cash, livestock, and an endless supply, endless supply of beef. And that was in 1978 when a gallon of gas costs 68 cents. So Jimbo Fisher can stand on his soapbox all he wants and say that, you know, Texas A&M can't keep up with their, you know, NIL around the country. They're actually not paying out all that money. If Texas A&M football was paying out 50K livestock, a brand new car, and an endless supply of beef when gas was 68 cents, imagine the kind of money that they're paying out today. Like just think about that number in perspective and think about inflation and the current gas prices, which is what, 68 cents, call it four gallons. I mean, we're looking at almost eight times the amount mm -hmm. of what gas cost in 1978. So for SMU to now be back in the mix, um, if SMU is paying out three, my point here is if back in 1978, Texas A&M, was paying out, you know, all of this, the brand new car, 50K livestock, endless supply of beef. And that was actually more because Eric Dickerson turned down more money to go to SMU. Um, put that in perspective of today. SMU now has $4.5 million to play with. Um, and that's, you know, just the money that we know about that doesn't even include all the behind the scenes stuff. Mm -hmm. So if, if we're putting that in perspective to, to, to the number in 1978, imagine the money that Texas A&M has if SMU has 4.5 million. So all of this goes to say, if SMU has 4.5 million, the programs in the SEC and in the Big Ten, um, even some ACC schools, obviously like the Clemsons and whatever the world, no matter how much Davo Sweeney wants to say that they can't, keep up in finances, just like Jimbo Fisher is trying to say the same thing. All of these programs have a ton of money. And for Ole Miss, that just means that these collectives need to step up, one. But two, it means that Lane Kiffin and his staff are working at a little bit of a deficit here. And so for them to be able to continue to recruit at such a high level and find themselves likely within the top 25, at least the top 30 um, of class of 2023 when it's all said and done is very impressive when you realize that SMU is paying out 4.5 million. Then you're realizing Texas a and is Texas A&M is paying out far more than 4.5 million. Um, so Ole Miss has an uphill battle or has a hill to climb in terms of NIL. Um, and that just speaks to the staff that Lane Kiffin has put together in Oxford to where they are still able to win some of these recruiting battles, potentially flip players like a Braxton Myers from USC uh, when we know that there's a lot of money elsewhere. Yeah, I mean, it's – I don't know if I would call it concerning because – I mean, I do think there are times when Ole Miss is going head-to-head -head with SMU. I mean, Daniel Demery, the the on-three consensus three-star safety that is committed to Ole Miss, was being heavily recruited by SMU. But 
I think Ole Miss was the runaway favorite for him for a long time because of his relationship with Randall Joyner. But look, I mean, it's hard to ignore the legitimate investment that more and more teams are putting into NIL. And again, like we were talking before we hit the record button, we don't know the specifics of what the collectives that Ole Miss has are doing. Um, a lot of it is behind closed doors. They're not right. being as, you know, up front as, you know, Pony, Pony Sports, DTX, and, and Boulevard Collective, you know, are announcing what they're doing. But I, I do think that it is something that is, you know, I mean, I don't think it's bad for the sport. I mean, I am all oh, for players getting compensated for all the work they put in the sacrifices physically and mentally they're doing every week during the season. And then in the off season, getting ready for the next year. Um, I mean, I think it's great. I think it's good that this is a way to keep alumni and fans, you know, literally invested in their alma mater or the school of choice that they support in the fall. Um, I think this is great. I think it's something that um, is going to continue to evolve and, and change um, with the coming days. But look, I mean, I think like, you know, with what SMU is doing, I saw that, um, you know, the football and basketball teams were introduced um, to the Boulevard Collective um, last weekend. Um, and student athletes were kind of informed of the plans um, that, you know, what these collectives are going to do, but they also were helping in assembling more than 400 backpacks with school supplies for the uh, Dallas Independent School District to give out to students. So that's great. Yeah, I'm all for that. I mean, I think that's great. You're, you're not only helping, you know, the institution of higher learning, but you're helping the community. And I think that that's kind of what NIL should be geared towards is not only helping student athletes, but to, you know, the you know these things are are should be for the betterment of the community around you and i think that's great um but if we're looking at it you know black and white as far as how this affects Ole Miss and recruiting efforts i mean i do think that it's like you said it's a very significant development that a group of five team is making this big of an investment because the Metroplex is obviously a place where there are a lot of very successful and wealthy business owners and, and business partners and what, you know, what have you. Um, it's a much bigger pool to, uh, to go in and, and, and take a look at. I mean, Oxford is a small community. It's a small town. That's always been kind of a thing that has, you know, I would, I, I guess you could say has hamstrung Ole Miss at times with, with boosters and, you know, a lot of Ole Miss alum, are scattered all over the country. Um, and, and there are plenty of Ole Miss alum that are very successful in, in business and, and very wealthy and could certainly help with NIL efforts, but they're not located in a, you know, one geographical location like a lot of SMU alum yeah, stick around so. Dallas. So, um, I mean, I think this is something that is going to be something to keep an eye on. I mean, what who's going to be the next group of five? team to jump in and do this you know is Boise State going to do something with you know will we see uh you know uh, a UCF or a Memphis or you know UTEP somebody else that's going to jump in and try to compete for um this NIL space of of collectives and and trying to give out um you know these compensation packages for student athletes so I think this is interesting and it's just going to make things even more fun as we uh, continue to learn about NIL. Yeah. And, and like you said, you know, what is the next group of five team going to be? Um, the fact that SMU is first, it's a big deal because SMU is a cool program. Like they have, they do everything right. They're consistently competitive. You know, if they get the right players, they could potentially contend to be that Cincinnati group of five spoiler in the playoff down the road. Um, yeah, since they've got the awesome uniform. Yeah, they've got the awesome uniforms. Like SMU is a cool program. So now you combine a cool program with a good coaching staff 
and, and, and a track record of consistent success with that money, it gets really interesting to where, you know, if this was, I don't know, I'll throw out Troy because it's on top of mind with almost a schedule. If it was Troy, this $4.5 million would be flashier. Actually, it would be a bigger deal than it would be SMU because it's Troy. But it wouldn't be as, um, I guess, competitive, let's say, because you're still recruiting to a program like Troy. And that's not to bash Troy. I think it's a you know great opportunity for players to go there and do whatever. It's a good fit. Do what you got to do. But Troy is way less cool than SMU. So if you've got $4.5 million and a good coaching staff and a track record of success and a cool place in a big city, it's – it's a legitimate, it makes SMU a legitimate competitor in recruiting. Um, and like you said, Ole Miss is going into that Dallas, Fort Worth, um, you know, Texas area. So it definitely, definitely makes things, like you said, I guess more interesting would be the word that, that we can throw out here because it just makes things more competitive and, and it requires other programs that aren't SMU and that might be on the same level in terms of um if i'm not mistaken i believe ole miss and smu have fairly comparable uh like class size etc so now you're looking at you're comparing ole miss directly to smu um obviously the sec and all that stuff is different but it's just another really interesting wrinkle into this whole new world in which we are living and i say that you know obviously nothing has changed um because money's always been involved, but things have, you know, things have changed and um, it will be interesting to see where, where this forces other programs to get creative, whether that be coming out publicly with new numbers, or if that means just stacking money on the back end. Um, we'll have to wait and see. Yeah. All right. We're going to take our first break. When we come back, we're going to talk, about the 2022 class, the incoming freshmen, and uh, some of the notable faces out there at fall camp that have been um, really turning heads and showing out. As uh, I believe, as we record this, is the first day of full pads. It is. I believe for Ole Miss. Boys are hidden. So uh, no more shells, no more shorts. They're getting after it. Um, so hang tight. Hear from the sponsors when we come back. We will talk fall camp. This podcast is brought to you by Lamar Yard, Oxford's indoor-outdoor restaurant, bar, and entertainment space on South Lamar. They now have an updated menu with non-barbecue options from Tex-Mex to Mississippi Delta catfish to smash burgers. And you can contact Lamar Yard for your private events for the spring and summer. They have a dedicated event coordinator who will help you plan your event from start to finish, and they offer on-site catering. Weddings to Greek parties or corporate events, Lamar Yard is the perfect place to host your next party. Lamar Yard is Oxford's quintessential family and pet friendly venue, and they look forward to hosting you soon. Check them out at lamaryard.com. And if you want a place for clever dishes and captivating cocktails, look no further than So Wild in South Lamar. Chef Erica and her committed team of food and beverage enthusiasts are bringing top notch cuisine and libations to you six days a week. Whether it's happy hour three to six, fresh squeezed margaritas, ramen, two for one Moscow mules, all of that and more, the best and brightest in house or via curbside pickup. Check them out, solaoxford.com or call them at 662 238 3500 and place your order today. The show also brought to you by Memphis restauranteur Kelly English and his restaurant group in Memphis, Tennessee. The renowned chef and his team are offering nationwide shipping and virtual cooking classes with Cooking with Kelly. You can learn more about the nationwide shipping at irisetc.com and you can also book a virtual cooking class online at table22.com slash iris. Kelly English Restaurant Group in Memphis, Second Line Restaurant Iris and the Magnolia House down on the coast in Biloxi. The show is also brought to you by Cherokee Valley Golf Course in Olive Branch, Mississippi. Get on over, see Cody Allen and the rest of the crew take on their challenge of the wide plush Zoiza fairways and large championship Bermuda greens. They've got two putting greens to hone in your game with the flat stick, the driving range, and a chipping green to tighten up that short game. Book a tee time online at olivebranchgolf.com or give them a call at 662-893-4444. The signs of summer are here. Freshly mowed grass, 
days on the water at the ballpark and all the rest on the golf course. Well, that's how we do it over here at Oxford and Ole Miss anyway. And PXG Golf Apparel is here to make sure you're locked and loaded for round after round at University Course or Oxford Country Club. PXG has taken its mission to create the most high-quality, high-performance golf clubs in the game to their new line of apparel as well. With PXG Apparel, there's something for everyone. From pants, polos, and sweaters to hats, joggers, and skirts. You'll usually find me with a hat on my head. And PXG has nailed the fitted breathable. And my navy goes with pretty much anything. So don't wait another second. Elevate your style game on and off the course with the PXG Spring Summer 2024 Collection. Head over to pxg.com TOC and use promo code TOC for Talk of Champions at checkout to save 10% on all apparel. That's pxg.com TOC, code TOC for Talk of Champions to save 10% on apparel. PXG, a proud sponsor of the Talk of Champions Podcast Network. The sun's a shining in Oxford, Mississippi. Cookouts in the Grove, beer showers. It's just the very best time for an Ole Miss Rebel to get out and get going. Carry front door peace of mind with you everywhere you go with Eufy Video Lock. Never has home security been so easy. Eufy Video Lock, an all-in-one security device for your front door, allows you to keep an eye on everything back home. And it's so easy. Installation requires only a screwdriver. So ditch those house keys forever and give Eufy Video Lock a try today. There's no monthly fee. And Eufy Video Lock has customer support on standby 247 to help you with any and all home security needs. Go ahead, have your home as fun in the sun with the assurance your home is in good hands with Eufy Video Lock. Eufy Video Lock's built-in camera can tell you who's at your front door from the comfort of your poolside chair. So search Eufy Video Lock today. That's E-U-F-Y Video Lock. Or visit eufyofficial.com slash video lock to see how you can gain complete control of your door. That's Eufy Video Lock, a proud sponsor of this, the Talk of Champions Podcast Network. And we are back here on Not Committed. Zach Barry, Grayson, we're with you. All right, Grayson, let's get into some fall camp talk as we are, I believe, 25 days away from the kickoff to Ole Miss's season. Um, as I said before the break, first day of full pads for the Rebels. Um, they've had media ops um, all last week um, and this week talking to uh, coaches, players about how things have been going out there on the practice field. And there seems to be two names that keep coming up on uh, both sides of the ball um, that uh, you and I talked a good bit about leading up to uh, signing day in 2022. And uh, they have been um, the talk of fall camp outside of the quarterback competition. Um, Davison Ibgenosin on defense and Quinshawn Judkins on offense. Um, not just coaches, but multiple players mentioning both of those guys. Um, you know, most notably, uh, Lane Kiffin mentioned Quinshawn Junkins uh, plenty, um, said that, you know, I don't I don't have the, the direct quote right in front of me, but essentially said, you know, that's how you want a freshman to look when they come in. Um, talking about, you know, all the, the cliches of getting off the bus first and um, his conditioning and, and how he took care of his body leading up to fall camp. Um, but Zach Evans also mentioned him, Ulysses Bentley, uh, both uh, in their uh, media ops had talked about Quinshawn Judkins, but you and I were both really high on him. I was actually uh, a big advocate for him uh, getting a, a ratings boost in the uh, final on three consensus rankings for the 22 class. But um, look, the Running back out of Pike Road, I think that you you have the the known commodities in Zach Evans and Ulysses Bentley, Kentrell Bullock. Um, they're probably going to get the the line share of the carries early on, but I definitely think Quinshawn Judkins will be on the field against Troy, and I do think you will see him be a um, – I don't know how big a part of the offense, but I do think he's going to be out there all fall getting carries. We know how Lane Kiffin – and Charlie Weiss like to keep people fresh. They want they want to run that tempo. They want to keep going fast and um, getting running backs out there, um, rotating to keep guys fresh as they go fast down the field is essential to maintaining tempo and keeping the defense on their heels. But Judkins has has really 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 been a bright spot so far in fall camp. Yeah, Judkins. We we're, we both have talked a lot about him um, and his his potential. 
what is interesting to me, um, there's a lot of talent in the backfield. And um, I say this somewhat facetiously, but the question is almost, is there enough touches to go around? Because you've got now, Zach Evans going to take the lion's share of carries. We know that because he's a potential Heisman candidate, the best running back in the country, arguably. Ulysses Bentley, the fourth, um, comes in, you know, speaking of SMU, comes in from SMU, really talented guy, insane burst, stupid twitch, can break ankles in the open field, can bust one down the sidelines. Um, he might not even be the number two guy in this system because Kentrell Bullock is someone that almost, you know, made a point to retain last year and to hold on to amidst all of the, you know, he was kind of pushed down on the depth chart last season um, behind Ely, Connor, and Parrish. Almost really likes him. The staff really likes Kentrell Bullock. They like what he can do. Um, he'll be in the mix. And then you've got Judkins. And so when you look at last year, the, the top four leading rushers were Ely, Connor, Corral, Parrish. And then there was a significant drop-off in touches to Kentrell Bullock. Um, Henry Parrish was the fourth leading rusher on the team. He had 105 touches. Kentrell Bullock had 17. So uh, the question for me, and, and I'm excited, not nervous, not curious i'm excited to see how charlie weiss jr and lane kiffin are going to navigate a backfield where now the quarterback's going to be running less um the quarterback will still run like we whether it be dart or altmeyer there's still going to be that rpo heavy element to Ole miss's offense but they're going to run at least i would guess that they're going to run less than 152 times that Matt Corral ran last season, which was mm -hmm. a team high attempts. So then now you've got to kind of take some of those carries that Corral had um, and distribute them out to their running backs. And I'm interested to see how Ole Miss plans to do so because Ulysses Bentley, the fourth, he's impossible not to give the ball to because it, he could break one at any moment. Zach Evans, you have to give the majority of touches because he's, so good and likely is a first round draft pick if this year plays out the way that you're expecting. And then, like you said, and like we've been hearing out of camp um, and like we knew was going to happen, Judkins has been awesome. And so now what role do you use him in? Do you use him as the elite and then use um, it's just, it's such an almost incomparable backfield from last year because Henry Parrish Jr. Zach Evans, Judkins, and Bullock are all very different than Ely, Connor, Parrish, and Corral. So mm -hmm. how do you use them where? What do you use them for? It'll be really interesting to see. But the fact that Judkins is showing out already comes as a surprise to nobody who knew his game. Um, a guy that went severely under-recruited, uh, in, in your and my opinions, a three-star guy, plays more like a four-star really talented kid who is just going to be an absolute bowling ball this fall at 5'11", 205-ish. So yeah. really excited to see what happens there. I, I think you can make the argument that, you know, a lot of people are making the, you know, comparisons naturally to last year's run game. Um, that's just what you do. You compare last year's production to what this year could be, you know, losing Snoop Connor and Jerry Neely and then Henry Parrish transferring to Miami. You know, I think it, people were like, well, Ole Miss, you know, not only replaced him, but upgraded with Evans and yep. Bentley with the the potential that they have. And, you know, Zach Evans was a former five-star. Everybody wanted him top 10 player in the country. And then uh, Bentley had uh, a couple of really good seasons at SMU. But I kind of look at it as Bentley is your Jerry Neely type, your, your scat back. You can split him out. You can put him in motion, you know, whether that's jet, swing, whatever you want to do. Um, get him the ball in space. He can make people miss, very elusive. I think you could make the case that Quinchon Judkins is your Snoop Connor. I mean, he's listed at 5'11", 220, a very powerful north-south guy who can really pick him up and put him down, though. He can get in space. He can outrun you, similar to what Connor did. I mean, I, I think a lot of people 
just assumed that he was the thumper and Ely was the speed guy, but but Snoop Connor could really, really run. Um, and then I think Zach Evans is just kind of a hybrid of both of them. He he's got the power, but he can also outrun you. Um, you know, I have the the quotes here in front of me. You know, they asked Zach Evans about him, and he said, quote, Judkins is literally the most improved in the room. For him to be 17, that's crazy. That boy's that boy's explosive. He's got a stiff arm. He's got a bright future. Um, you know, Charlie Weiss Jr. Um, said, quote, I love all four of those guys, talking, you know, including Bullock in there as well. I think it's a really talented group. Each guy's got a little bit different flavor to them, but the best thing is they can all kind of operate every single run that we're trying to run in our offense. Um, you know, you you've mentioned Bullock. We also got a um also mentioned the other returner, Isaiah Woolard, who I believe is getting tenure now at Ole Miss. Um, feels like he's been there for for close to 10 years now. Um, just another steady guy that you know knows the playbook, can pass protect, can get in there and, and spell someone if they're all gassed. Um, so it's it's a lot of flexibility and a lot of talent in that room. But yeah, I mean, I think Judkins is someone that the coaches are not only pleased with so far, but I do think they expect him to be in the mix this fall um, just with his ability to, to do it all. I mean, you know, don't forget, I mean, Lane Kiffin went to Alabama to watch Quinshaw Judkins in his state championship game. He went by himself and sat in, uh, I think they changed the name, but Legion field to go watch that, that, that state championship game. I mean, this is a guy that ran for over 1500 yards as a senior, 26 touchdowns, a really good Pike Road program, won the state championship. Um, I early enrolled in January, so he's been in the playbook. He's been in the weight room. He's uh, gotten to know Nick Savage, I'm sure. Um, I, I think that that he is certainly someone that's going to not only continue to turn heads in fall camp, but I, I think you're going to hear his name echoed in Vaught Hemingway this fall plenty. Um, switching over to, uh, to the defensive side, um, we mentioned him already. Davison Igbenosin, another guy that, that we were all high on during the recruiting process. Um, an on-three consensus four-star. Tons and tons of, of high major offers. Um, uh, A.J. Finley, um, Ladarius Tennyson. Um, I, I mean, the list goes on of, of the guys that have spoken highly of him during fall camp. They talk about his... Um, his approach to practice, how he handles himself. I, I've heard the uh, the term uh, pro. Um, they say that he has a very, um, I guess, pro-centric approach to uh, how he prepares for practice, how he competes in practice. Um, I, I did hear that there was a, a bit of a skirmish uh, at practice, went low on a, uh, on a running back with a big hit, and uh, there was a little bit of pushing and shoving. Um, I think you like to see that out of true freshmen to get in there and stick their nose in there and, and, uh, to really get after it. Um, I, I saw that, uh, uh, Ben was telling me that, that, you know, after it happened, AJ Finley kind of put his arm around him and, you know, kind of told him, you know, like, Hey, you know, Hey, don't, don't go low in practice. You know, we're all on the same team. Don't but, do that. But, uh, but, but, but you love to see it. I mean, you love to see a, a 17 year old come in and, and just, you know, be nasty and compete. Um, that secondary room is is awfully deep. I think it's probably next to running back and offensive line, maybe the most talented group in the locker room with uh, the returning production from Miles Battle, A.J. Finley, DeAndre Prince, Otis Reese, and then you've got the incoming transfers in, in Tennyson, Aishin Young, um, Larkins from Vanderbilt. Um, there's, there's a lot of experience and a lot of talent over there, but I, I do think that the coaches have been very pleased with Igbenosin, and I think he's going to be out there on the field plenty in the uh, three-two-six scheme that Partridge and Crum are going to run. Definitely, and it's interesting when you kind of look at the depth chart. Um, it's almost hard to put a to like put a definitive answer on who's going to play where because things move around so much. But when you look at the depth chart, I mean, Igvinosin could find himself in that starting. I mean, when you when you look at the thing, you've got kind of a corner, two corners, 
uh, two safeties, maybe even three safeties, and then a nickelback. It, it's hard to pin definitive positions, but you're probably looking at a situation where obviously AJ Finley is going to be on the field. Obviously, Otis Reese is going to be on the field. Aishim Young is just a baller. He's going to be on the field. And then you're probably looking at a combination of DeAndre Prince, Miles Battle, who who seems like he's much younger than he is. Um, Tyson Johnson. And I think think Miles Battle's probably – Got a real shot, an outside shot at, at being an all SEC guy. I do too, and he looked good last year. Yeah, but I mean, then, I thought he 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 made a ton of plays, and this is a guy that was recruited as a wide receiver, and you know, this is kind of his, I guess, second full off season preparing yeah. to play defense and not do both. Um, I guess you could say it's his first because I get, I, I can't remember. I think he lined up at receiver a little bit last year. Um, yeah, this is his first. We'll call it first full off yeah. season. Um, but then you're looking at, like, where does Ibn Osen fit in there? He could potentially start at that nickelback spot. You could potentially put him at the cornerback spot, move DeAndre Prince out to the nickelback. I think Tysheen Johnson's probably got that nickelback kind of locked in there. Um, and, again, I use the term nickelback loosely because <laughs> yeah, it just – We haven't even all, mentioned Tysheen Johnson, who was All-SEC freshman All-American. So. Yeah, and you so you presumably put him at nickelback, and then you've got Miles Battle, who showed real promise at corner – Deontay Prince, I think, could potentially be in a little bit of trouble with a guy like Igbenosa making some noise. I think he's the most likely candidate to where if you have to pull one of those starting six defensive backs off of the field, you're looking at Deontay Prince, and Deontay Prince is good. So for the first time in as long as I can remember, I won't say you're confident in the defensive backs at Ole Miss, but you're as close to confident as you can be. There's a lot of talent there. Mind you, we haven't even mentioned Ladarius Tennyson. We haven't even mentioned MJ Daniels. Um, even Taylor Groves coming in as a freshman could mm-hmm. get in there and, and, and steal some time. So knowing that a guy like Igben Osen is is showing out already uh, is really promising for a group that is surprisingly deeper than you would, would expect based on recent history of Ole Miss and defensive backs um and there's a lot of opportunity there for three four all the way up to six guys to really establish themselves as future nflers i mean Ishim johnson i think you and i both believe that he'll go pro you know eventually and be a pretty high draft pick because he was a baller out west um at iowa state otis reese is going to get picked somewhere along the way aj finley's going pro Tysheem Johnson, I mean, he's still got a little time, but he's going pro. Like you said, Miles Battle has the potential to to blossom into an all-SEC, second, third-team kind of guy. Those guys get drafted in the late rounds. So that's not typical of an Ole Miss defensive back uh, room. And, and in this case, it, it really takes um, – oh, God, I'm blanking on the expression I was trying to use here, but – it takes a village, I guess. Um, mm-hmm. You've got so many guys that can rotate in there and that are going to be tired because all the offenses in the SEC go fast now. And so to be able to rotate in and have confidence in a guy like Igbenosin coming off of the bench, a guy like Tennyson coming off of the bench is a um, luxury that has not been afforded to the defensive staff in quite some time. And, and, and Partridge, uh, you know, finally has a really good group at his disposal for the first time in a long time. Yeah, and the uh, the media op um, last week, uh, Chris Partridge was quoted as saying he plans to be violent this season. And, um, you know, talking about Igbenosin and how he's shown already not shy, going to be aggressive. Um, another early enrollee like Judkins, who has uh, been in the weight room, been in the playbook, and uh, has already started to make plays uh, in fall camp. And I think that that's going to, you know, that that's going to be the key to, to getting playing time for the uh, new defensive staff and the new coordinators. Um, I mean, yeah, I mean, I, I think that it's uh, it, it's a good problem to have if you're Ole Miss. 
with all the talent that you have. Um, and, and like you said, it's a, it's a great mix of veterans, guys that are, you know, this is their draft year for many of them. And uh, then you've got the young guys with Igbenosin, Johnson, um, Taylor Groves, Darrell Stinson, um, Nick Cole, you know, these, these, these true freshmen that are probably going to be asked to get in there and, and make some plays this season. So um, again, not the worst problem to have um, if you're, if you're Ole Miss and you've got a, uh, you know, a ton of talent that you're trying to piece out there. Um, but, but yeah, I, I think that, that Judkins and Igbenosin right now are the two names that uh, we're hearing the most out there that are uh, probably going to be fighting for some PT. All right. We're going to take our final break. When we come back, we, we can't do a show and talk ball camp without talking quarterback. So we'll, uh, we'll give you uh, our take on the situation. And again, it's not like there's, there's been anything definitive that's happened, but we're going to talk Luke Altmeyer and Jackson Dart when we come back from the break. Podcast brought to you by Protection Unlimited Incorporated, the Mid-South's leader in commercial and residential alarm security. Wayne Lowry and his team have been serving the greater Memphis area and North Mississippi for 50 plus years and would love to get your business and or family protected today. They offer cutting edge security for your home or business with video surveillance options and they're monitoring 24 7 365 you can reach them via phone at 901-754-6510 or email them at info at protectionunlimited.com podcast also comes to you thanks to bluff city advisory group Memphis's leading team of finance professionals they can provide advanced assistance with financial planning pension and qualified plan support and business and estate planning strategies Former Ole Miss Rebel and founding partner Ben Still, along with his elite-level customer service team, make it their goal to help you meet the ongoing demands of your financial needs. Learn more about them at BluffCityAdvisory.com. Podcast brought to you by the Barry Home Team. You're ready to sell and make the most net profit from your home. Call Stacy and Rick Barry today. They will lead you through the process from property assessment, repairs, staging, and putting that sold sign in your yard. Both have earned the multi-million dollar club member status, and they would love to assist you today in your real estate ventures. Call them 901-481-6420 or 901-461-6421. After you have talked to the Barry Home Team, you can talk to Saddle Creek Title, another proud sponsor of the show. They're the Mid-South's leader in client-focused, innovative closing solutions. Neil Hanna and his team are more than just a real estate closing firm. They are dedicated to going the distance to ensure the ease and growth of your real estate business. Find more information at SaddleCreekTitle.com or call them 901-753-1600. Show brought to you by Davis McCord State Farm. If you're looking for good neighbor service and surprisingly great insurance rates, look no further than Davis and his team. They are your one-stop shop in Alabama, Arkansas, Tennessee, and Mississippi for the service you deserve at the price you want. So stop looking around. Give Davis a call. He is ready to help. 901-755-6110 and get your surprisingly great rates today. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. And we are back here on Not Committed for our last segment here, talking fall camp. All right. Save the best for last, I guess you could say. Everybody wants to talk about quarterbacks. We're going to talk a little bit here as we close the show. Um, look, I mean, all things considered and what we've heard, what people have seen at practice, it's been a, a healthy mix of both Altmaier and Dart making plays and then also struggling here and there in the uh, new scheme. But it's not like there's been any definitive movement. I, I don't think that Kiffin or Weiss are going to, um, well, I definitely don't think it'll be wise because he was uh, in the media op said that it'll be Lane Kiffin's decision on who is uh, under center for the first snap against Troy. Um, again, talking about a good problem to have with the secondary, I think this is a next. This is a great thing for Ole Miss to have two quarterbacks that are fighting for the job, and not just for for our business and for us to have stuff to talk about and write about. But I think this is great for Ole Miss to have two different quarterbacks who I think are very different. Um, they both they both do a lot of things well, um, but uh, in a very different way. But, um, you know, what, what have you heard about uh, the quarterback competition? And um, I, I guess what are your early thoughts after one week and uh, two days of fall camp? So when, when we came into this fall camp, 
Um, I've been very vocal about the fact that I think Jackson Dart will win the job in the end. Um, that was purely speculation coming out of the spring. Um, it was pretty neck and neck. Through the first week, Altmaier has a real shot, um, like a, a really legitimate shot. I didn't think it would necessarily be like um, Lane Kiffin and the offensive staff would not give Altmaier his, you know, proper time to shine, I guess. Um, but I didn't think that it was going to be as neck and neck as it is. Uh, obviously, I'm not there. I don't have boots on the ground. We only get bits and pieces from here and there. But from everything I've heard, Alt Myers is really positioning himself well to, at the very least, make this a tight race all the way through fall camp. Um, from what I understand, both guys have had their moments. Dart has the better, you know, more kind of raw, athletic arm. Uh, he's connecting more on the deep balls, while Alt Myers perhaps more consistent over the middle, kind of like we saw in the spring game where Dart was taking more big shots and sometimes they paid off, sometimes they didn't, while Altmaier was looking more over the middle. Um, it will be interesting to see which style um, Kiffin ultimately decides because the offense this year is going to rely a lot on that Elijah Moore type piece, likely Jalen Robinson, for a lot of kind of over the middle stuff and a lot maybe less I don't know this to be true, so this is all speculation, but I would imagine that there'll be a lot more kind of crossing routes and out routes and in routes and things like that um, over the middle for kind of short yardage gains that maybe then a guy like Jalen Robinson could shake somebody and then break it big uh, rather than a lot, uh, then more throws to the seams. Um, so I wonder if Altmaier gets the nod in the end because he's more consistent in that role or if they go with a guy like dart who yeah he's he might make some errors he might throw some picks he might make a dumb decision um but just has that raw arm talent um uh, as of right now it's it's as neck and neck as it can be um if not you know altmeyer in a slight lead but i from what i've heard um, and there's some good stuff on the Ole Miss spirit too. Uh, Jake Thompson's done a good job of covering fall camp thus far um, and talking about the quarterback battle. So you guys can kind of check it in, check it out there and, and hear what Altmaier and Dart are saying. Um, but from what I understand, there's been some issues in the red zone and both guys have been struggling in those kind of inside the 10 up against the goal line situations. Uh, so I would, Venture to guess that whoever gets that shirt up the best and the quickest will be the one who walks away with the job. But all of this goes to say, after thinking for since January that Dart was going to run away with the job, um, Altmaier's playing really well, and it's as neck and neck as it can be um, for now. I would venture to guess that we will get a decision before week one, but we won't really, really know who it is uh, until that Georgia Tech game because the first two weeks of the year allow you the luxury of playing both guys, whether you want to or not. I think one thing that – or I guess a couple things here that people forget. Um, uh, Luke Altmaier is, I guess, close to being a full year older than Jackson Dart. True. Um, he's also been with Kiffin. He's played in the SEC. Um so he has a leg up there because, uh, I mean, it's it's funny to think with just how long he's been on the radar, you know, as a recruit and playing it at, at Southern Cal, but he's still really young. Um, so, uh, you know, the cliche of all of his best footballs in front of him is it rings true here. But both are, you know, going through the, you know, the ups and downs of a new system and a new coordinator. I think the quarterback competition would be very, very different if Jeff Levy was still on staff and was still running the same system because Luke Altmaier would be much more comfortable, but he's still learning the new system that, that, that Weiss is running just like Dart is. Um, and, and Dart was very frank in, uh, in some interviews about the, the learning curve of coming in the spring and how everything was new and he was kind of swimming and, 
you know, he was admittedly trying to do too much at times and how he had to kind of settle down and, and really get into the playbook. But yeah, I mean, this is a compelling race because Altmaier, I, I think, is someone who is going to be a little more calculated, a little more of a uh, stickler for the intermediate game and uh, take him what the defense gives him, where Dart kind of has that Matt Corral in him, where he wants to make the big play. He wants to really push the ball downfield. And I think that that's what the coaching staff is having to work on with both of them is to, hey, reel in Dart a little. You know, hey, it's, we don't always have to make the 50-yard pass. Let's, uh, you know, work through our progressions, make a smarter decision. And then with Altmaier, I think they're probably pushing him more to, yeah, hey, more. hey, be a little more aggressive. Like, trust your arm, trust the offense, trust your receivers. You know, take a shot here and there. Um, but you saw it in the Grove Bowl where Altmaier was, was operating more inside the box, not really going for it um, downfield where Dart was just letting it fly. Um and, and Kiffin, you know, has a history of, you know, he has his scheme, he has his system and his offense that he runs, but he's always going to cater his play calling to what the defense is showing him and, and, and how the game is flowing. So that's something else to consider, you know, in, in a game where early in the season with these non-conference games where you're going to be the more talented team, you're going to have the better players it's going to be a little easier to take shots deep and to win one-on-one matchups on the outside, as opposed to in October and November when you're playing an SEC schedule where yeah. talent's a little more balanced or maybe the other team is a little more talented and you're going to have to uh, get creative with how you attack. So I, I, if you made me guess, I don't think Lane Kiffin wants a two quarterback system or he doesn't, I think he wants to have a, a guy that he sticks with. I mean, we saw that with Corral in 2020 where he had the six interception game against Arkansas. No, he didn't put Plumlee in. He didn't put Den in. No, he stuck with his guy and, um, and rolled with it. So uh, if you made me guess, I, I don't know if you, if you gave Lane Kiffin some, some true serum, um, you know, shout out to Ant-Man, um, he would probably say he wants just one guy. He doesn't want to rotate. Um, but I do think, I don't know if they necessarily complement each other, but I do think they do things well. They do different things very well. So Yeah, that's a good, that's a good way of putting it. Not complement, but like as close to complement as you can. Yeah, so maybe, well, I wouldn't say maybe. I think you're going to see both guys a lot in the first four or five games. And then I think he's probably going to try to work to chisel down and figure out who the guy is before they take on Kentucky for that first SEC game. That's going to be a big matchup at, at, in Oxford for the uh, the conference opener. So, um, I, I, look, I guess you could say that that was just a a big old um, <laughs> word salad of nothing because no one knows <laughs> you know we're not there we're not seeing practice we're not in the meeting rooms we don't know how things are going but again i think it's a great problem for Ole Miss to have where they have two talented signal callers who are uh doing things well in, in fall camp and they're going to continue to battle up until that uh that first game against troy so um yeah i, I it, like you are i'm sure I, i'm excited to see how this unfolds and um who really steps up and shines in 2022. Most definitely. I, I, as a, as a fan, I hope that it's dark. Um, I think that his ceiling is, is through the roof, but I do think that you have to take into account. Um, I, I, and you've said this before. So, so I, I'm not saying anything too crazy here. I think dart probably struggles a little bit um, in the first couple of games, if not the full season. Um but I think that's okay. I think you're okay with that, knowing that you have such a dominant background backfield, like we talked about in the first segment, mm-hmm. to kind of pick up those pieces and help him get to where he needs to be. Um, but with that being said, you know, in Lane Kiffin, I and everybody should trust. So if it is Altmeyer, if it is Dart, if it's Kincaid Dent, um, then that <laughs> that's the guy. And, hey, you don't know. You don't know that. <laughs> Get the best spring game. It's very true. I don't. Um, But whoever it is, Lane Kiffin is making that decision knowing full well what he's getting himself into because he is of the mindset that if you have two quarterbacks, you do not have one. And so he's going to pick the guy that he is most confident in 
for this season, it'll be interesting to see uh, whether that is the guy he's most confident in over the next two, three years, because we might have this same scenario next, next fall where Jackson Dart and Luke Altmaier are battling it out um, depending on if one transfers or whatever. Um, we could have this very same situation next fall, depending on how this things turn out with the guy that gets picked this fall. So um, yeah. a lot of stuff and, and, up in the air. And look, I'll, it's, as we close up here, I'll say with the portal, you got to always recruit your guys to keep them there because they could always be looking elsewhere. Or, you know, whether you want to admit tampering is real or not, other teams could be working them to bring them over to, uh, to their locker room. But true at the end of the day, I, I, I think you're in a good spot because you have a competition with two guys that are really talented. But I also think you're in a good spot because whoever is the backup is a pretty damn good backup. So yeah. it's not like once fall camp's over, they name a starter. Well, shit, now I got to get in the portal because I'm not going to play. No, like you're, you're you're the backup. So as you saw with Matt Corral and other quarterbacks elsewhere around the country, it only takes one play for a guy to be out for the season and then it's next man up. So I think that it's a, uh, it's a good problem to have for Ole Miss to – have a talented guy that's not going to be number one on the depth chart to where you're going to have to keep him there to be ready if he needs to go in. So, yeah, I mean, this, this competition is never going to end. It's going to be one that is week in week out throughout the season and in the off season going into the 23 season. So um, I'm glad I don't have to make the decision because I, I, I'm certain it's going to be a tough one. Because uh, look, I mean, we we talk about how they're pushing Altmaier to to take chances and make. I mean, the dude threw a dime in the Sugar Bowl when he came in for Corral, so um, he can do it. And we've seen what Jackson Dart can do when he was out west in the Pac-12 with with USC. So um, both are more than capable, and it'll be fun to see how the rest of camp goes and um, how the first couple games of the season are. So that is going to do it for this Tuesday edition of Not Committed. We'll be back on Thursday. To talk more, we'll see what uh, unfolds in the recruiting world as we uh, continue to work towards game one of the 22 season for Ole Miss. For Grayson, I am Zach. Thank you, listeners, for tuning in. Thank you to the sponsors for making this show possible. And as always, remember, like, subscribe, leave a review if you haven't already. And uh, we will talk to you again on Thursday. We out. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.